Hi, Michelle Sparks with you, Illuminating Anorexia, Eating, Self and Body Issues. Great to have your company. And I am picking up from the last episode where I was responding to Louise's feedback about um, this podcast helping to illustrate that people with eating disorders are still human and still deserving to be treated kindly. And as I said, I was a bit shocked by that because it always is a shock for me that when people don't seem to understand that eating disorders like anything else are a response to difficult life and painful self-experience. And this is part of our human condition. So I really, my heart goes out to everyone who has experienced a lack of understanding that has compounded their pain and their attempts at recovery. So what I want to do today is just come back and pick up, I said that I would speak about a solid base of worth and value and lovability. You know, our our experience of life absolutely shapes us. So where we sit today will be a reflection of our experiences, how we have internalized and processed those and how we have um, output those in terms of our beliefs, our behaviors, our attitudes towards ourself, our body, other people and our world. That's the way it is. So your experience to date will have shaped your sense of self and your sense of worth and value and lovability. One of the things we know is that once you get on the eating disorder treadmill, that lie really develops that you are not good enough. And it gets muted down or funneled into this eating disorder obsession where you get obsessed with um, controlling calories and kilograms and body focus. It's like it simplifies the battle for a solid sense of worth and value and security. It helps you to ameliorate the anxiety that is knocking at the door of your heart. So the eating disorder solution actually takes you further away from your desired goal of feeling good about yourself. Feeling those feelings of self-worth and value that you are loved and lovable and worthwhile. So you often start out on the path towards an eating disorder, yearning, hungering for more of these things to feel good about yourself, to feel a greater sense of worth and value, to feel more secure in your skin, more safe in your environment. And there will be good reasons for you starting on that journey. And if you don't have other um, strategies to deal with the ongoing stresses and challenges of life, and you rely on that eating disorder, disordered eating way to cope, that eating disorder can grow, the lie can grow, and you can feel more and more disconnected from your sense of worth, value, and security, and and the feelings that you are lovable and loved. And you may have had experiences in your family growing up where you have been affirmed and been valued, and yet you feel so far removed from that as you struggle with an eating disorder. This is part of the eating disorder landscape, and you really do need to understand it. It's not like, you know, people will have different experiences. And I know that people can have some really awful experiences of negation and dismissal and rejection and annihilation. 
So that's a really difficult foundation to begin with, isn't it? And you are going to struggle in life if that is your foundational experience. If that's the experience that you've, you've had growing up and how you've internalized that and therefore how you've started to respond to yourself, to other people, to your world, will reflect those, those challenges. But even if you've had good foundations, and by that I mean you've had loving parents, you've had a stable home environment, you've had shelter, you've had food, you've had emotional nurture, you can still feel very disconnected from those things. You can feel like they're not part of your history when you're in the midst of a battle with an eating disorder. Particularly, I will speak of anorexia um, and Ednos and binge eating. I've, I've, been, I've had an experience with all of those. So I will speak from experience, my own personally, but also in uh, working with other people who have had these challenges. So back to a solid base of worth and value and lovability. If right now you are not experiencing yourself as having worth and value and being lovable, being worthy and deserving of love, being worthy and deserving of having someone listen to you, take time to hear you, take time to um, treat your situation as worthy and deserving of, of time and care and respect, what can you do? Well, you can certainly reach out from a place that is isolated to um, some supportive networks. They may be online. They may be uh, there may be a supportive support group near where you live that you could actually attend. I think face-to-face -face connection is so important in this digital age, uh, where we are connected very strongly by social media, a lot of people are not getting that face-to-face, heart-to-heart, person-to-person connection. And that really is irreplaceable. It is such an important space. Um, I could divert and speak to mums and dads and the importance of having a shared meal and just shared conversation and time. T-I-M-E is the four-letter word that is so important for all of us in this time-poor society that we are living in. Having time with people, with people that you care about, where you can listen and express yourself, where you can give and receive, where you can nurture and be nurtured. And it is a two-way um, experience. So that's the first place, is actually to reach out into supportive networks. And I am imagining that some of my listeners are still struggling beyond that and finding it really hard to even venture into those supportive networks. So what I want to say to you, and it is... To me, it is the foundation. It's kind of like the rock bed of the worth and value and sense of lovability and security that I experience myself personally and I feel is so key for others as they journey towards freedom and wholeness. And what I'm talking about there is, look, my experience of life, I was not overtly abused or uh, neglected, but I do think I fell under the radar as a middle child of five. I've talked about this in other episodes and in my book. You're welcome to access that material or if you would like to know that further. But the point is, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a terrible upbringing, not at all. But I did experience a sense of going under the radar and a bit of emotional 
neglect a sense also from my ex I did experience myself as I learnt that I needed to be um, I didn't I learnt to not be a burden not to be a problem not to have needs or wants that would add to the load in my growing up environment because it seemed at a point of time to be too much for my parents and particularly my mum to handle and that's no um, judgment on her as a human being she was struggling with five kids and her own background and history which I go into in my book and for a whole lot of reasons I just perceived her as not coping and I felt like my needs and were too much when you added them to everything else they were too much they were you know going to blow the thing apart and I could not afford to lose my family or my support system at that point and I really just started to wind up into the perfection cycle and trying to be perfect and needless and um, that you know threw me into the anorexia and again you can read about that the point is I didn't have um, I had a good family and I had a good, a good environment, good schooling. You know, I had a lot going for me. If you looked at my life on the outside, you would think, how on earth did this person develop anorexia? And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, Illuminating Anorexia, to show the many facets and the many individual and environmental and family sort of um, factors that contributed to this journey that I took to go down the scales point is I didn't have a bad family background but I did move into a place with the anorexia where I was completely adrift from a base of worth and value and security I felt like my whole worth and value my whole reason for being the only reason I could take up space was if I could prove that I deserved to take up space I had to earn it I had to prove and justify my intake of anything, you know, whether it was food or um, the family budget spending, you know, money on me. Uh, I felt like I had to make that worth their while. It was like I didn't, I didn't have a, a good sense of worth and value and a, a feeling like I could be loved and lavished and cherished. By the time I was 15, I was so far removed from that, I was dying to please, dying to please. That was actually the original title of my book, but someone else had picked it up years, years before. I didn't realize that. And uh, they were also talking about anorexia. So there you go. It, it, it is a bit of a common theme, isn't it, to be finding your yourself in a space where you are dying to please, dying to be okay, dying to be acceptable enough to take up space and feel a sense of rest and peace about who you are. So, base of worth, value and lovability. It comes from your experience and your experience can lie to you. So by the time I'm in my anorexia, my experience was lying to me that I needed to keep proving my worth and value. What happened for me is a long journey and at the end of the day I, I mentioned last episode some disability hurting my back when I was 21. I was in a normal weight range but I had injured my back in such a way that it threw my whole sense of worth and value again and I realized that I had been my, the platform that the what I'd been standing on to uh, legitimate 
legitimise my sense of worth and value was my ability to perform, to earn the right to take up space, to perform well academically, to have friends. Like, you know, it was all these external things that are subject to change. And that's the thing with our sense of worth and value and security. When we put our the roots of our security, when we put the base of our worth and value into things that are subject to change, then we have insecure foundations. That just goes without saying. It makes sense, doesn't it? If we put our roots into things that will shift and are not secure, we will struggle with insecurity. So what I want to say to you for your consideration and certainly something that I have experienced to be true and foundational to my healing and movement towards freedom and, and wholeness has been that beyond my experiential, uh, you know, beyond my experiences, good, bad and indifferent, I have needed to put the roots of my security, value and lovability the fact that I am lovable and I am loved into something even deeper, something that is like a bedrock, something that is not subject to change. And I have found that in my relationship with God. And it is a relationship. It is not some mental gymnastics that I hurdle through, although my mind and what I think and what I believe is definitely part of um, my experience but there is actually a real relationship for me with the God that created me, who I have discovered to be fleshed out, like to be earthed in the person of Christ, Jesus Christ. And you may not accept this and that's fine. I'll just let you know what I've discovered to be true. And you may need to think about what does this mean for you? How are you going to find this in your space? I needed a platform of worth and value and security that was rock solid and not subject to change. And even as I say that, it doesn't mean that um, my, you know, life is insecure. I'm going to die one day. My body is going to experience wear and tear and aging and all those processes. So it's not like, um, it's a security that reaches beyond all that kind of finite, finite and um, flux, that, that flux of age and shifting relationships and shifting geography and shifting financial security, shifting relational security. We have to have something that goes more deeply. Our roots need to go really deep, I have discovered, into something, someone, a relationship that is so solid it will never fail. Love that will never fail. Love that doesn't fail. Look, you know, love, our love, our loving relationships with people are such a source of nurture to our souls. And we are imperfect in the way we love. That's just because we're human and finite and flawed and fallible. And even when we love someone with all our heart, we can't always be there for that person in the way we would like to be because we have human limitations. We can't necessarily save or deliver or heal um, a loved one the way we would like to. We just don't have that superhuman capacity. But there is uh, a relationship with one that does have that ability and can be present in our lives. And we can know that relationship. It can be really real to us. 
And that's what I've discovered in my relationship with God through Christ. And I do say through Christ because I, I did have, I did try and find God in so many ways as I journeyed through my recovery. I, you know, I, I explored all sorts of metaphysical and new age and um, kind of alternative health practices because I was really desperate to find some answers for the situation I found myself at tw- in at 21 when I injured my back and... Um, you know, my whole life was turned upside down. My whole sense of worth and value, my ability to work, my sense of myself as a person who could have relationship, who could maybe be a mother, um, all these things were really up for grabs. And I needed to find a value system that would be more substantial, secure, and that's how I came into a relationship with God through Christ. And the reason it was through Christ is because I'd never... I'd never understood or never heard, perhaps, that um, God came to earth in the form of a man and the reason he did that was to reconnect me to him so that I could actually have this relationship, not this religion, not this set of rules, but in actual fact a living, breathing, active relationship with the one who created me to know him to know myself and to experience myself as created with worth and value, not having to be like anyone else. And even when I experience rejection or uh, disability, to know that I am still, it hasn't changed my worth or value. It hasn't changed the fact that I am chosen and choice and cherished and loved and lovable. Oh, such great words, but more than that, such a great experience to discover oneself, to have worth that is not contestable. It doesn't matter about the the lines on my face, the, the shape or the performance of my body, whether I am in with the in crowd or out, whether I have a secure relationship with a spouse or partner or whether that has... Um, disintegrated you know I experienced a a relationship break breakup breakdown a couple of years ago with um, someone I loved very 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 deeply and the loss of that relationship caused me immense pain it, it was so painful and the sense of rejection was incredibly intense And I struggled through that for a long season. But even in the midst of that struggle of rejection, I found myself digging deeper into a space in my heart that I had already dug deep over a long period, a lot of experience. And that was that the roots of my being and the foundations of my life went deep into this unfailing, unconditional love that I have believed and experienced and at this time in my life needed to apprehend at a deeper level yet again because I had never, you know, I had not hit this particular space. And, you know, there can be a a lot of shame um, attached to rejection when you feel yourself to be rejected. Um... The point of that is, despite my experience, there was a greater truth and a greater 
and very real experience that helped me heal. And that is available to all of us. It's So whether our foundations, going back to our early years and growing up, whether our foundations are good or bad, and whether or not we've had life knock us around later on, there is a greater truth than our experience. There is a greater reality, not just a mental truth, but a truth that is experienced and fleshed out in relationship. And when it's fleshed out in human relationships, it is really healing. But beyond that, beyond that finite, flawed space that is uncertain, there is a much more secure base that I have found to be incredibly valuable, uh, foundational in my own healing journey. And when I have hit the storms of life, like that uh, experience I just mentioned, it has helped me. You know, I've still gone through the grief and I've still had to really wrestle around with the experiences and experience of rejection and shame and um, confusion and pain. So what do you do? Do you believe your experience? Well, you certainly are knocked around by your experience, but there is a greater truth and a greater reality and a greater experience that can bring healing and sustain one and help restore a sense of balance and hope and faith for, the, for a good future for and and to know oneself regardless of your situation as being of worth and value to be lovable and loved chosen and choice and so that's my message to you today as i just reflect on a solid base of worth and value we can have our base or our roots going into things that shift and change and we'll have an insecure foundation or we can have our roots going down into something that is much more infinite and eternal and substantial that's my experience and just what I want to bring to your attention and just for your consideration today so until next time travel well mm-hmm.